Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Forecasting for natural disasters brings one level of stress and the aftermath can raise it to a whole new level of challenges. There's a lot of attention on the well-being of the people affected by these natural disasters, but what about those making the forecast? Commander Valerie Gardner has extensive experience in this field and now extending that experience with meteorologists at the National Weather Service. Commander Gardner, welcome to the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you, Dr. Shepard. Well, for the listeners and viewers, this is going to be an amazing episode because I can tell you the technology gremlins have been at play as we're trying to record this episode, but I think we have it in play now. So I got to start the question with every uh, question that I start the podcast with. Are you a weather geek? And if so, how'd you become one? Well, I'm I'm hoping after our time together, I'm considered a honorary weather geek. I can definitely tell you, I consider myself a, a groupie or a fan of all weather geeks. So much so now after supporting my um, all of the National Weather Service staff. Well, you know, we 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 embrace you with open arms. So welcome to the fold. Thank I want to really jump right into this because. It's such a unique role you're playing with the National Weather Service, given your background. And I want to give a little of that background. Uh, she is the Chief of Behavior and Health and Wellness at the National Weather Service Headquarters, over 20 years of clinical health experience, 12 years of military behavior health program development and management experience, has a Bachelor of Social Work degree from Oakwood University and a Master of Social Work from Alabama A&M University. Shout out to our HBCUs. Uh, how did you come about landing in this role and walk us through what the interaction between you and my meteorologist colleagues are at the National Weather Service. Thank you for that question. So let me just share how my role was developed at National Weather Service. As you alluded to, there's impact, there's a mental health impact from the changes in the climate and so much so from those who are watching the weather on a daily basis. So National Weather Service recognized after a few courageous meteorologists spoke up about the stressful impact and the emotional distress that they develop as a result of their day-to-day and the demands of their day-to-day jobs. So a group of of meteorologists got together and did a lot of um, great research and proposed to National Weather Service leadership, how can we get a professional, uh, behavioral health professional to support us through the demands, not only the work demands, but the stress and emotional distress that could possibly come with the demands of Um, monitoring and predicting and forecasting weather like they do on a daily basis. So weather service um, agreed that that was needed for their employees. They reached out to another line office who had a behavioral health officer and they um, 
develop a memorandum of uh, agreement with public health and they brought me on to support all the behavioral health and wellness services for national weather service no this is just fascinating i'm, I'm not even sure that I, I was aware of you the national weather service i'm so excited to be able to talk to you now recently after tornadoes hit a part of the state uh, the National Weather Service Office candidly shared in a tweet that they were getting to the storm surveys and summaries as quickly as possible, uh, but their staff were affected too. I, I don't think people really understand that. Uh, talk to us more about what you're experiencing when you uh, interact with some of these colleagues. And I, I'm going to go off camera briefly, but continue to talk while I adjust one of our lights here that's uh, uh, having its own stressful issues today. So d tell us about what your interactions are when you're encountering colleagues that are uh, uh, you know, dealing with some of these stressful situations. And so one of my primary responsibilities as a behavioral health and wellness officer for National Weather Service is to provide critical incident stress management support. And I have to, again, reiterate, you know, the dedication and commitment that our weather service employees bring to the mission. However, they're, they're watching, they're forecasting, they're predicting, and then they have to see that the aftermath, the destruction that storms leave behind, you mentioned tornadoes, that's, that's tornadoes, that's fire, that's hurricane, that's winter, um, precipitation. And, you know, we know the impact of seeing our communities destroyed. They're not immune to having the same emotional impact. So when I go out to offices, it's just for that one to provide whatever support, emotional behavioral health support that they need. I also assess to make sure additional clinical support is, is not need it or if there are symptoms understand and 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 be aware of what symptoms personal symptoms to look out for and then i connect if additional resources are needed i connect them to those services but just my presence i give them an opportunity to just vent you know a lot of times that's all we need is a listening ear to understand to empathize and provide um, a time in a safe space to just share what those experiences and how those ex experiences impact impact um, them. So that's a lot of how I interact and interface with um, National Weather Service employees on a daily basis. I'm curious because you deal with National Weather Service employees that are for, focused more on severe weather world, hurricanes, and so forth. Are there any regional differences in terms of the sort of mental health responses that's, that you see when you talk to National Weather Service staff? You know, that's a that's a great question. I, I want people to understand, um, yes, you know, you might have some regions that have a greater amount of um, weather or severe or acute weather, which can lead to the more exposure we have to traumatic experience or disasters can cause more mental health issues. But I want us to understand that um, acute weather events, trauma is trauma. And so I, I don't find a significant difference versus if it's in a if it's in Florida versus Oklahoma, the impact um, of a traumatic of acute weather event 
is just as just as stressful regardless of the weather the weather source. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Commander Valerie Gardner. Just a fascinating discussion. You know, people understand the challenges and stresses uh, associated with uh, mental health. And I think that we have finally removed the stigmas of coming forth, talking about engaging on these issues. Now, in the world of weather, you have a hurricane bearing down on a community, and oftentimes my colleagues potential destruction and damage that's coming from that or a flash flood or a, a heat wave that's taking its toll over several days to a week. Do you think this can impact job performance, the weather forecast and risk communication if someone is really succumbing to this this mental health challenge and stress? So definitely if, if there's um, Im impairment, it can impact your job. However, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm live on your show, Dr. Shepard, the dedication and passion that I've seen from weather service employees is unparalleled. So what I will say, I haven't, I haven't seen any impairment where it impacts performance or the forecast, but I will tell you, they will sacrifice personal expense at the cost of making sure they give us the best weather. And so a lot of the work that I do is promoting how do we make sure that we're not sacrificing personal for professional? How do we balance work-life balance? So as I talked about critical incident stress management, I spend a lot of time and it's well-received with employees. How do I master navigating all of the competing demands of my job, as well as not sacrificing personal psychosocial factors, ch children, relationships, work playing, taking time out for self-care. Um, and I, I find that in time times past, they hadn't given themselves permission to, to really prioritize personal as well as they do professional and they're doing I, I find that they're they're starting to spend more time with me but also execute and implement the tools that I share with them when we're together now when we come back I'm going to ask you about some of the new programs that perhaps you've been involved with since joining the National Weather Service thank you okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. I'm speaking with Commander Gardner from the National Weather Service. And I, I alluded to this before the break. What, what new programs have you been engaged with, perhaps initiated during your tenure at the National Weather Service? Uh, thank you. I get excited about that. Um, my time here, not only the direct services that we talked about, I spend a lot of time assessing, evaluating, what do we need to do different? And one of the biggest challenges when I came on board, when I spent time with staff, what, what, is, what are one of the most difficult aspects of your job? Shift flexibility um, comes up probably 90% of the time. And so one of the initiatives that we started last year is a shift flexibility team. And what we have done as a team is incorporate um, and provide opportunities for more balanced shift schedule, schedules, giving the staff permission to take recuperative or restorative breaks during the shift um, work. We're also in the future, we're looking at um, early retirement options for our shift workers. So that's one initiative. We have a SISM and wellness team that I um, provide clinical lead and support. So we're trying to establish a peer support team where colleagues will get special training to be able to provide some of the critical incident stress management um, to their coworkers as they experience events. I collaborate with our Office of Organizational Excellence. I know you've spent time with our, our new administrator, Ken, Kenneth Graham, and people is a priority. So we have a lot of working groups working on just making sure we have the best enhancing organizational culture, that we are a diverse um, agency. So we're working on initiatives to make sure not only we improve and enhance diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, but that Weather Service is a agency that people are proud to be a part of. So those are just a few initiatives that you can see I get excited about talking, oh, discussing and sharing. It's just such a sort of important and provocative new sort of focus within the National Weather Service. So kudos to you and Ken Graham and um, everyone involved uh, in sort of moving the needle forward in terms of this particular agency, which is so valuable to the nation. Now, we all were impacted by COVID. It changed our lives, it changed society, it changed the way we do things. Uh, have you noticed any differences behaviorally or from the standpoint of the types of things you think about in the pre and post COVID worlds. Sir, would you repeat your question? I want to make sure I understand. So what you... I want to, it's, it's, since COVID, you know, things mm -hmm. changed a lot in society. And uh, we were curious about whether there are any 
pre and post COVID differences exhibited in your in behaviors and health of say weather service staff or employees? So great question. And thank you for that. I think weather service like the rest of society really learned that we can work differently. Um, we also recognize the impact COVID, none of us expected COVID to linger as long as um, it, it did for us. And so weather service, like the rest of society, experienced some of those same challenges during the peak of the pandemic. You know, changing how we work, lower footprints at the WFO, people onboarding during COVID, not having that full orientation experience of meeting and, and being able to rub shoulders with colleagues on a daily basis. So, you know, it varied across the agency and across from people, from persons to persons, from loneliness to, hey, I appreciated the time to not commute to work. I felt more productive at at, at you know, working from my personal space. I felt safer. Um, however, other others would communicate. I lost that ability not only to connect with my colleagues, but really to connect and, and really learn my community if I was onboarding. I think through COVID, I talked about we learned that we can work differently. So shift flexibility. We went full forward with how can we maximize flexible work schedules, not just for operations, but throughout the agency. How do we, so how we reintegrate it after COVID, the leadership was very, very careful. We looked at all of the um, evidence-based research on the best practices. And I'm, I'm proud to say that we have a more hybrid workforce. I don't know if we would have been as flexible as we are now if if we hadn't had COVID. So I, as much as it impaired and impacted, I think it also taught us not just weather service, but society that we need to kind of slow down, assess and look at what we can do different, better and more. And that's where we are as an agency. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard, and we're talking about a fascinating topic with uh, Commander Gardner about the sort of intersection of behavioral management, uh, mental health, and the National Weather Service. Now, on the other side of the National Weather Service coin, our colleagues are constantly warning against things like driving through flooded roadways or playing golf uh, when there's lightning or overexertion in extreme heat, for example. From your lens, given your expertise, do you have any thoughts on how we warn or communicate with people about weather hazards and how they may respond from a psychological or behavioral standpoint? I just am curious about whether you have some insight on why people maybe make decisions that aren't necessarily the most sound decisions based on the information they've been given. So unfortunately, we're we're creatures of habit at times and then uh, we're experimental learners or experiential learners. And so until it happens to me, I feel that I'm immune. And I would I would just encourage not only from my time with weather service and just as a behavioralist, listen to the professionals. I can't repeat this enough. They take extra care. They want, they make sure, they try to make sure they reach the masses and get the message out. Please listen to them. And, you know, sometimes I hear as I go through offices, that's an impact for our meteorologists. They get discouraged because they have to, again, they they get all of the lives laws lost as a result of not adhering to the, the reports or you weren't as careful or as cautious as they um, warn. And so it's discouraging and, and, and very heavy, it's a heavy burden for them. So I would encourage you, pay attention to the reports, ask questions. They allow you to call in and get clarification. Um, make sure you take preparation and precautions before the event. They spend a lot of time with preparation and pre-education. So those are the things that I would encourage you to do. I would also encourage you to, when you reach out, uh, thank them as well. Sometimes we only we only call and we only um, share negative responses, but um, they look forward to hearing from you um, the, the, the positives and your your gratitude for the work that they do as well. So reach out within doubt, but also reach out and just thank them for their hard work and um, the time and attention that they give to make sure that um, we're, our lives are saved, saved and property is protected. Oh, in your time matriculating with weather geeks and weather professionals, what, mm-hmm. what has surprised you most about the weather community in general? The resiliency 
I like I, I don't even have to pause. Um, again, I when I walked in weather service, you've been doing this for 45 years. Um, so resiliency and then the energy and dedication. I, I meet those that share with me, well, since I was two or since I was four, I've been wanting to do, um, I, I wanted to do weather. So not only the resiliency, but the passion behind that, I, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around Dr. Shepard. It's very common in our field. I was sixth grade for me. It really is. I, when I think of dawn of conscious memory for me, I I can't fathom, Hey, I wanted to be a weather geek. (laughs) It's a very unique aspect of our field. When I was president of the American meteorological society, we had data suggesting that many people within this community have been at it and wanted to do it since they were very young. Very, very young. And I see that every day. So not only the commitment that they bring into the workforce, but the resiliency, you know, it, it does take a lot from a, from a psychosocial aspect, more exposure to traumatic events, the uncertainty of the work that you do, you can't control elements and, but yet you have to do your best and you use your science and you use your experience to give us the best information. But all of those, all of those factors put you at higher risk um, of developing mental health conditions. And so when I when I look at um, society, one in every five is suffering from depression, anxiety, PTSD. We're not immune. However, I feel that they've they've pushed through because of the resiliency and commitment to the profession. And I'm I'm grateful that leadership has invested in you know, and reciprocating that appreciation for what they do and investing in the wealth, the health and, and, and wellness of their employees. If, if we don't have a healthy organization, you don't get good weather. And so I, I'm excited that they took a chance and um, created my position. And I know, you know, I just, as a result of my position, I wanna say as well, that has trickled out and and the organization as a whole is working on NOAA as a whole is working on making sure we prioritize behavioral health and wellness as part of the employee experience when you join um, the workforce. And that's unfortunately where we have to end it today. But I also want to give a special shout out to the National Weather Service Peachtree City and our colleagues there. I know you're visiting with them here as you're recording this episode. Shout out to Keith Stellman, the meteorologist in charge there, and Steve Nelson, and many of the uh, forecasters and meteorologists there in that office, some of which I know very well, former students of mine. So thank you so much for coming on the Weather Geeks podcast and enduring some of our technical issues today as well. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get out of here, it's that time of the podcast where we recognize a highlight and highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie. This episode's Geek of the Week is Jack Rudin or Jack Rudin. Jack is an aspiring meteorologist. He is currently pursuing his physical sciences degree at a community college and plans to attend McDaniel College in the spring of 2024 to get his BS in meteorology. He grew up in Ellicott City, Maryland. Uh, He was nominated for always researching and watching severe weather coverage, making forecasts, and constantly talking about the weather. 
His most memorable weather events are the 2012 derecho in DC or the 2016 blizzard. Hey, Jack, keep watching the weather. I feel you. That's where I got my start as well. Now, if you or someone you know is a deserving candidate for our next Geek of the Week, check out our social media pages. Commander Gardner, thank you again for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you, Dr. Shepard. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and we'll see you next time on Weather Geeks. Weather Geeks.